I was just, it, was, it was awesome to come in and see the gym decorated. I know some of the remnants of the North Pole is still here. Uh, and so uh, if you haven't got to see that, walk around, check it out. It's, it's pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, but but what, I, what I love, this is what I love. Okay, so just, just I, like I, this right here. Boom. I mean, check out, check out those guys. Those guys, not the guy on the left, he's kind of weird, but the, the two on the right, like, they are, um, man, I, I have never seen a better conductor in my entire life. And like, I'm from West Virginia where we have trains. So, um, yeah, and then I don't know what's happened to the dude on the right. Um, all in, that's exactly right. He, uh, he is committed with the Santa hat. I think that is Grinch inspired pajamas, um, which I'm not going to ask why he has those, but, uh, and then, I, like, I love the booties, like, they, I mean, he's even got, like, little booties, um, that, that's shoes uh, that you wear, I guess, at Christmas time when you're with the conductor, I don't know, but um, anyways, uh, man, they had, they had a great night last night, uh, fun time, and so I just want to, real, real quick, I, I just want to say thank you so much, um, and to the volunteers, to everyone that made that happen. Uh, just a phenomenal, phenomenal time uh, last night where, where kids got to come and be, be loved on and, and hear about Jesus and uh, just have a good time with snacks and, and just, man, just, I don't know, it was just, it was just an amazing, amazing uh, night. But it's, what's cool about Christmas time is, is you have a lot of that kind of just sprinkled within the month of December. Like Thursday night, we had prime timers here having their meal and hanging out and just fellowshipping. Uh, tonight, we've got the New Life Christmas that's going to be taking place out in the parking lot. You're like, but what if it rains? It's not going to rain. Stop it. We've asked God, and he has said, I'll get it out of here by that time. And I don't know if he has or not, but we'll find out come 5 o'clock. Um, so, uh, but no, we, we're going we're gonna to go rain or shine, hopefully snow. That'd be cool. Uh, maybe not. But anyways, um, so New Life Christmas tonight. And that's just going to be a time of fellowship and fun, man. We're going to have food trucks. We're going to have hot chocolate bar. That's mainly for me. All of you coffee drinkers, I got to get something. So, um... Uh, since I haven't grown up enough to start drinking coffee yet, I'm still at the, the, the hot chocolate stage. And so we're going to have like, a hot chocolate bar. We're going to have fire pits. We're going to have Christmas carols. It's just going to be a great, great night tonight. So I um, just want to encourage you, come hang out with us, be a part of that. Um, and, and just uh, we've got a lot of stuff going on that we, we want you to be a part of. A lot of fellowship opportunities to invite friends and get people here and uh, just encourage and love on them. And so... Those are some of the things that we've got going on. And uh, I'll also say this, that if you don't have our app, we're, we're revamping that, kind of going, looking over that and doing some things there. So be sure and download it. It's almost like a digital bulletin that you can just have in your pocket anytime. Like, what, what are they doing this week or what's going on? You can, uh, you can go there and you can look up and you can see all that type of stuff. And so we're, uh, we're working really hard to get everything up to date and that platform like it needs to be. And so um, we are week two in our Christmas series. Uh, and so last week, uh, we just looked at hope, talked about hope, and spent time just uh, defining what hope is, where we really find uh, our hope, and, and this time of year uh, lends itself even more to remind us uh, of, of things like hope, and so uh, uh, that, that's what we talked about last week. So this week, as you kind of uh, maybe can tell through some of the songs and things like that, is that we're going to talk about joy, and so what we're going to look at is this, is that the birth of Jesus brings great joy, and then we'll kind of start to uh, wind down with what that means for those that are in Christ. 
that, that the birth of Jesus is, is where, where joy comes from. That's, that's where joy is found, is in the, is, is in the person of Jesus and, and what he has done. And so he had to be born to get here and what a glorious uh, uh, act that was. And then from there, uh, we'll, just, we'll start to break down what that means, what the implications for us uh, through that birth is. And so I'm going to ask you to join me real fast as we uh, pray once again, and then we'll, we'll, we'll jump in uh, here in a minute in Luke chapter 2 is where we'll be. But, but if you'll join me as we pray. Father, we love you. Again, we thank you so much for this morning. Father, the fact that we get to gather in this place and we get to be reminded of how great and how glorious and how loving and gracious and merciful you truly are. Father, to be reminded of where hope comes from, to be reminded of where true joy is found as we talk about that this morning. God, I want to pray for the hearts of this place. Father, that, that, that they have experienced and they know this joy that we speak of. And so, Father, if there be a heart here that does, and I pray this morning that you would reveal that to them, that you would draw them, that you would save them, that you would rescue them, and that you would put within them that joy, that true joy. So, Jesus, thank you and I praise you in advance for what you're going to do in this place. May you receive honor, may you receive glory. Shall we pray? Amen. 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 So to kind of catch us up here, Luke chapter 2, we're starting verse 10. Um, so as you're getting there, getting set, Jesus has just been born. That's what the story reads right before verse 10. Uh, he has just been born. Uh, and then you have these shepherds that are in that area. And what they're doing is they're keeping watch over their flocks by night. So they're out in the fields doing shepherd stuff uh, with their flock, with their sheep. And uh, then you have an angel of the Lord who appears to them. Uh, and, and their uh, natural reaction to that angel showing up is fear. So the angel shows up and they're afraid. And, and that's, the, that's the general consensus in Scripture when... An angelic being shows up uh, to uh, a human being. That there's, there is fear. And, and so that's, that's what's taking place. That's what's happening. And then what we're going to see is the response here uh, from that angel of the Lord, uh, starting in verse 10. And, and the angel said to them, to the shepherds, the shepherds out there watching uh, their flock by night, he says to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you great news. So the angel, the sole purpose of this angel is to come and to do what? Bring good news. And the news that he is bringing, the, the news that this angel is bringing, is news that will forever alter this world, forever change things as we've known it. It is the greatest news that has ever been told. And the reality about this news, this good news that the angel is about to share with them, is news of where joy comes from. It's news of where joy really comes from because what we know about good news, what he's going to share is he's going to share about the birth of Jesus, but that is the beginning of the gospel. This angel is going to share the gospel, this good news of a Savior being born, of a Redeemer, Rescuer, to set all things right as it pertains to fallen man in the sinful world. And so this is the only place where joy can be found. The only place is, is in this good news. And so what I love about the, the, the heart of the scriptures, what I love about uh, uh, just the heart of, of God is, is the reality of who this good news comes to first. The, the reality of who this good news comes to first is proclaimed to a bunch of lowly shepherds working in the fields. 
Uh, That's who shows up, or that's who gets shown up to by the angel, and that's who um, is going to receive this this glorious news to begin with, is is these these lowly shepherds. And so I just love how the first to know the good news is, is people you'd have never imagined. People that you would have never thought. A group of unsuspecting shepherds are the recipients of this good news. I love that about God. And you see that over and over and over throughout the scriptures. I mean, who, who gets invited, who gets to be a part of, who gets uh, uh, the first announcement, or, or, or the, most, uh, uh, the people that you would never think deserve it or should have it. I mean, I mean, these guys are not kings. They're not rulers. They're not scribes or Pharisees. Uh, they're, they're not learned. They're not influential. They're not esteemed in that day. Uh, I mean, I mean, think about it. Like, like if you were going to try to impact the world forever, change the very course uh, of the direction that it's heading, who, who are you going to? Like, I'm not picking some dudes out in the field with some sheep. I mean, I want the king. Like, I want to go for the, for the big dog. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's start there, and then we can work our way down. And I'm like, when I read this and look at this, I'm like, God, what are you doing? I mean, I mean even in our day, like, who, who, who would we go after if we could get, if God could just get anybody? could change their heart, could just get them to be a part of this. Man, imagine, imagine how uh, uh, Christianity, imagine how God's fame could spread. But you, I mean, you even see that in Jesus as he, uh, as he lives his life, as he walks, as he, as he teaches, as he invites. He does the same thing, does he not? He goes to the lowly, the ones that aren't esteemed in the day. He goes to the ones who really realize they, they need it. That, that's what he does. He's got their attention. He's, he's captivated their heart. And, and the way that God works is, is in opposites from the way that we work or we think or the world uh, functions and does. I mean, just think about his word. The first will be what last, and the last will be first. You, you've got things like if you want to be strong, you've got to be weak. If you want to save your life, you have to lose your life. So, so it's almost as if God flips things upside down and works in a different way than we work. Looks at it through different lenses than we look at it. And, and so these men live near the lowest rung of society. They herd sheep. There's nothing special. There's nothing great about them. But that's who God chooses to reveal this good news to. And it starts out with, hey, there's nothing to be afraid of. There's no reason for fear. And so as he shows up, as God shows up in the mess of this world, this, this mess that the world has made, he first sends them out, hey, hey there's, there's nothing to worry about, there's nothing to fear, just, just hang in there. That's what he's done because he's come to make right what's been wronged. He's come to make a way for fallen man. And then look here at the end of verse 10, what this good news offers with it. Look, look at what happens. He says, fear not, for I bring you good news, what of great joy that will be for all people. Great news. This good news of great joy that'll be for all people. I mean, I I love that. The the gospel invite is all inclusive, not exclusive. The the, the gospel invite is all inclusive. So uh, so, so the the beautiful news about it, and as we see that modeled right here in the very beginning of this scripture, some lowly shepherds, they're the ones that get the news first. I mean, there are some places that the men and women, uh, me in this room, are not allowed to go in this world. There are certain houses I cannot knock on the door and get the invite. Oh, hey, yeah, dude, come on in. 
And there's got to be background checks. There's got to be a lot of different things that's got to happen. Uh, and and, I'm, and I'll get through the background checks. It's the, um, who are you again? What are you doing here at this place? This party? Like, like there was you don't, no invite? N- nothing? But I, but I know who he is. I'm just the president, yo. Like, let me in. No? Why? Why? I don't get invited to that. I don't get asked to come to that. I don't get access to that. But, but what we see here, that's, that's not the reality of this good news that was proclaimed here. All people, not just for kings and high-ranking officials, but what blue-collar shepherds. Not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles too is what we see in the scriptures. Even pagan, excuse me, even pagan astrologers like the Magi there. Black or white, women or men, laymen or clergy, plumbers or dentists, it does not matter about your background. It doesn't matter about your bank account. It doesn't matter about your level of influence. It doesn't matter about how much you know or don't know. This good news is offered for all people. It's brought to the realization for all people. It's made known through the birth of Christ to all kinds of people in every place and at every time. That's what makes it so good, is it not? That, that's what makes it so good. And so I believe that, that's gonna have to, uh, that brings us to our uh, next reality here that we're going to have to talk about for a second because um, that's the end of verse 10. But what about right there for great, uh, of great joy? Fear not, for I bring you good news. What of great joy? Uh, the news that he's going to bring, the news that is coming, that's going to be shared, is going to uh, carry with it this reality of joy. And so in my time as pastor here at, at New Life, this is something uh, that I talk about uh, quite frequently. Joy, and I believe it's very, very uh, important for us to understand and get our minds and hearts around uh, what what joy truly is. Because I do believe that one of the problems that happens in the church or, or even outside of here is that, is that we, we kind of we blur what, what joy is. We kind of uh, uh, allow other words and other meanings to kind of uh, rob it of what God intended for it to uh, be. And that word really, I think, what happens is gets replaced with an, another word that is definitely not joy. But, but it's a word that, that we like. It's a word that, that, that we all want. It's a reality that we all want to experience and have, and it's happiness. See, I believe we replace joy with happiness far too often. And, and there's nothing wrong with happiness. Happiness is a great, I mean, who wants to be happy? Yeah, me too. I, I, I like happy. There, there's nothing wrong with happy. There's nothing, uh, we, you shouldn't be happy. No, we should be happy people. That, that's a great thing to have and experience and to, to walk in. But not when we're talking about joy. But not when we're looking at the reality of what joy is. See, because happiness is, is emotions and feelings. And, and it's based on how a situation or a circumstance will work out for, for, for my good. So, see, happiness is almost most self-centered. It's all about me, what I experience, what I have, what, what it can do for me, what I can enjoy, what I can uh, get out of it. And, and it's really just rooted in just emotions and feelings and so, and so I, I always give this example, and it was funny because it was like really bad. It was really bad. Like I didn't even get to have much happiness with this example I'm about to give you this year. I mean, right out of the gate, we get beat. First game of the season. It's a dang coach. He blew it. What? I mean, we should have we won, but we didn't. So the Mountaineers, we play our first game, we get beat. And so it's like immediately from there, I'm like, okay, well, my happiness has been robbed game one. I mean, usually we get, we get kind of like uh, three games in after we play like the local high schools there in West Virginia. And we're like 3-0, and we're like, this is our year, we're going to do it, we're taking the national championship from Clemson, oh, it's going to be awesome, or Alabama, you're going down. 
it would just be like a 3A high school because that's as high as they go in West Virginia. 3A, I mean, for the first three weeks. And then we get to like conference stuff and like the Big 12 just eats us alive. I mean, it, there's, it's, I just don't get it. I just, you think we'd kind of get some things figured out by now. But so, so first game of the season, we get dominated beat. And so I'm like, I'm okay, basketball season, yeah. And because, I mean, you can lose some games in basketball season. There's still the draw at the end of the tournament that comes up, all that kind of stuff. If you do halfway decent, you can make it. And so we've got that kind of going for us right now. Um, so that's something that brings happiness, your team, your sports, those type of things. I don't know about you, but like, I'm a golfer. And like, like, and what is it that always keeps you coming back to golf? It's that one shot, is it not? That one shot, you're on the tee box, you are ready, and you line up, and you, you pipe that thing down the middle, like 350. I've never hit 350 yards, but it looks like it, you know? I can't even hit it 350 yards downhill with the wind behind me. Like, it's just... But, but I hit that one, and it goes like, like 225, and I'm like, yeah, that's at least 350. And I'm like, I don't know why my pitching wedge won't reach the, next, the green next shot. But so anyway, so I, so I, but, but it's like that's what keeps you coming back, right? And, man, the, the amount of joy that I feel in that moment, and I don't know why this example is, was on my notes, but I'll just go with it. Um, we, we were out of town for a few, a few days uh, at the end of this week, and so we're there, and uh, as we're, we're out of town uh, and uh, Tennessee, um, there's a lot of people there, and it's like, it's just funny to sit back and watch people, like, try to park, you know? And, like, like my son asked me this week, he's like, Dad, when are you getting a truck? I'm like, dude, I can barely park the car. You don't have to worry about a truck in my future. Uh, yeah, there's that card. But anyways, so, so you're sitting back kind of watching, like, something that brings uh, j- joy or so we think or happiness, however we want to say it there, uh, is, man, parallel parking on the first try, you know? And I mean, now they've even kind of helped us because they make cars that do it for us. So, so I no longer have to get out of my car. I'm like, all right, babe, here, you do it. I'm out. And then she parallel parking for me. Like, like, like I can, I, my car will do it for me almost. Or at least aid me a whole heck of a lot. But parallel parking on the first try, that's something else that brings happiness or what we kind of uh, uh, flood with what we think is joy. But, but you, you, see, you see what I'm talking about here? See where I'm kind of headed? Feelings and emotions are not a bad thing. They're a gift from God to us. But the problem is when we hold those as primary, will they affect us and dictate things in us? Because the reality about happiness is that it's shallow, very shallow, based on circumstances and situations that work out for the benefit of us and they make us feel a certain way. And that's not joy. That's not joy, because joy is different. Joy is, is deeper. Joy is eternal. And joy, no matter what my beloved mountaineers do or where I hit my golf ball on the next hole 100 yards deep in the woods and I can't find it, or if it does take me 20 times or my wife parallel parking for me, whatever the case is, my joy is still intact and it's still present because it's not based upon what happens to me or doesn't happen to me or what, uh, or what the things in my life do. It's based, upon, it's based upon something much, much greater than that. And so here, just to help us out, a definition of joy. It's a soul-satisfying contentment in the unchanging reality found in the good news of the gospel. Happiness is, a, is an emotional mess, but, but joy is an eternal reality that, that, that brings satisfaction and contentment. When was the last time we talked or lived like that? That, that we were content, that we were satisfied. But we can be, we, we should be, 
regardless of what happens around us, regardless of what takes place, regardless of how crazy our kids act or how uh, the situation works itself out or what takes place in the day, my joy joy can't be touched because it's not found in stuff. It's found in the reality, in the good news of the gospel. In church, there's nothing else in this world that will satisfy the soul. Nothing else in this world that can satisfy the soul. And so maybe why it's not as present as what we think is, is because the reality of joy is only held for or found in those who are born-again believers. See, not everybody gets to experience and taste and live out this joy that I'm talking about. Not, not, not everybody gets to walk in that. Why? Because not everybody's saved. Not everybody's a, a believer. Not everybody's come to faith in Jesus Christ. And, and see, we see that in the scripture, right? In the, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. That list that Paul lists out to the church there at Galatia, uh, at Galatia. He lists out joy. Why? Because it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's only produced by the Holy Spirit living in us. And the only way that we get the Holy Spirit is through uh, a rebirth, through, uh, through salvation in Jesus Christ. And, and that's what I'm talking about when I say soul-satisfying contentment. That's the unchanging reality found in the good news of Jesus Christ. Because he doesn't change. He's not like, ah, oh, gosh, Scott, you bum. Ah, oh, he's out. Holy Spirit, give me that Lamb's book of life over here. Hurry up. Where's the whiteout? Jesus, where'd you put the whiteout? Like, like, there's none of that. No, no, I am his. And, and even in my, my mess, even in my struggle, even in whatever it may be, there's conviction, there's drawing. Because I'm his and he is mine. And regardless of what happens, and there's joy because that joy is based upon what he has done, not what I've done. That, that joy is found in the redemptive work of the cross. And so that joy, joy like what I'm talking about this morning, is reserved for only a believer in Christ. A believer in Christ. And so the declaration of this good news is designed to satisfy the soul. To satisfy the soul. And so this good news that we're seeing here that's been proclaimed, that's been talked about, that the angels say, don't fear, I I, I bring you this, this, this news there can be joy in this. It's been long awaited. Like, like, did you know that it had been over 400 years since God had spoken? Anything. A word. Anything from God. Over 400 years from the close of the Old Testament to the open of the New. I, I mean, can, can, you, can you imagine what that would have been like to be in, in those years? And then all of a sudden, here it comes. The good news shows up. The news of hope. The news that had been promised to a people. Here it comes. The anointed one of whom the prophets all spoke. He's finally come. He's finally here. This is his advent. And it's not in a way that anyone would have expected. Not in a way that that anyone would have have thought of it going down. So so this week as, as I was reading and studying... Um, I come across a story, story probably that, that, that you know, know well. Um, but I'm reading, and as I'm reading, I'm just reminded of, of this, this story. And in this story, 
what, what had happened was a, a man had pretty much lost it all. Pretty much lost it all. The, uh, he, he had lost his son, uh, and then he, uh, his wife and daughters are heading back to uh, where they're from, the country where they're from, and they're on boat. And as they're on boat, there's this horrific storm, and this horrific storm comes up, uh, and, and it wrecks the boat, and the, his two daughters die. And the wife pins a letter to let him know that his daughters have, have passed. And then um, there's even a moment in the story where uh, there was this great fire in the city and it uh, pretty much took everything that they had, financial ruin for them. And so the man, he, he gets in a boat and he heads back to be with his wife in the country that he's from. And as he's heading back around about where he, um, uh, it was said that the, the boat went down, he begins to pin and write one of the greatest hymns that we know and sing often, it is well with my soul. Uh, Horatio Spafford, that's his story. And, and, and he, he pins that hymn of how in the heck is it well with his soul? I mean, you, you lost your two girls. You've lost everything that you had. You're in financial ruin, nothing. You've lost your son, and he pins the words in as well. Well, church, this is how come it's well. Because his soul satisfaction is not based upon what he has or doesn't have. It's not based upon his children. It's not based upon his bank account. It's not based upon anything that he can obtain and keep here on this side of eternity. His satisfaction, his soul satisfaction is based upon the reality of, of, of where he stands with God. Does he have Jesus or not? And he does, and so he has everything. Absolutely everything is what he has. And so he pins that, and the reason why he can pin that him is because he has joy, joy that is found in this good news that we're going to see here in verse 11. As the angels continue, they say, for unto you is born this day. And I, I love this. Like, this is a real time. It's not a made-up thing. This is not a fictional story. It's not just something we pull out and read to our kids. But uh, for unto you is born this day, where in a city of David, real place, what? A Savior who is Christ the Lord. Not only is this child sent from the Lord, but this is the Lord himself. This is God incarnate. He takes on flesh and blood. That's who this baby born on this day is. The Lord of heaven initiated and acted to rescue his lowly people from their sin and their shame. And so he puts on flesh and blood, comes in the form of a baby, comes to earth, dwells among us, in our flesh and our blood. And we know how the rest of the story goes, right? He lives a sinless life, perfect life. He grows in favor and stature with men and God. Perfect life. He ends up on a cross, dies for our sin, our shame, and he appeases God's holy judgment, satisfies the wrath due to a fallen sinful man, only to what? Rise from the dead and rule and reign at the right hand of the Father. That's what's so great about this story. That's where this good news is found is in the reality of the gospel. Reality of the gospel. And so the first beginning part of this is that he's born of a virgin. That's what we celebrate this time of year. That's what's so great about Jesus. He's a savior. He's the savior of the world who is Christ the Lord. He is God in the flesh. And so he satisfies what we never in a million years or in our most sincere efforts can ever satisfy or do. 
that's what he does. He satisfies a debt that we cannot satisfy. And so, it all starts with the birth of Jesus. That's where joy is found. And so we need to know that there's no greater joy for the soul than to know that you are right with God. No greater joy in the heart of man than to know that your standing with God is, is right and good. Because what we know from Scripture and what we, what we see in the Scriptures is that if it's not, then you're responsible for the debt. You're, you're responsible for paying the debt that is due. And the reality is we can't. We, we, we falter on that every time. Every time. Every, every good thing that we've ever done, every uh, uh, nice thing, every pure thing, whatever, whatever we have to offer falls woefully short if it's not Jesus Christ. And so to think that you can go to bed at night, lay your head down on that pillow, and know regardless of what happens or what the day brings or the day that you've been through, and that you can have joy, soul-satisfying contentment because you're right with God. Church, that changes everything. That's why he can pin, it is well with my soul. That, that, that's why he can write that song because regardless of what's taken from him here or what's, uh, what he loses here or what, whatever the case may be, he knows that it's not his everything, that his everything is found in the reality of this baby being born, Jesus being born. And what this, this, this baby would grow up to do and accomplish by way of the cross. That's where joy is found. So when I give the definition that it's that soul-satisfying contentment in. Man, to know that I am God's and that he is mine, regardless of what happens, regardless of what takes place, nothing else matters. Nothing can take that from me. Nothing. So to close this morning, as the band comes back up, Jesus was born to accomplish a work that would purchase what the full redemption of his people and his world. To, to purchase us. This is where joy is found. It's found in, in Christ Jesus. And in everything about this beautiful season that we celebrate, it, it really points to him. It, it reminds us of his birth. Because without his birth, there's no resurrection, right? Without his birth, there's no death. And if there's no death, then there's no resurrection. And so we have resurrection because he was born. And we got to understand who it was that was born. It was God in the flesh. He is Lord. He's Savior. He's Redeemer. He's Sustainer. That's who he is. And that's what he has accomplished by being born, living a perfect life. So our hope is found in him, as we learned last week. Our joy, our soul-satisfying contentment is found in him. So my question is this. Is what, can, what can we learn from these scriptures? One, that there's nothing to fear. Absolutely nothing to fear. Uh, the, the angels, the angel, let the shepherds know, man, you have nothing to be worried about. Nothing to fear. Man, I'm, I'm here with some good news. And so I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what God's stirring in your heart. I don't know what's happening in your life. I don't know what's coming at you, but the truth in our day is much like what the truth is here in this day. Nothing to fear. Nothing to fear for those who are in Christ. 
regardless of how crazy things get, how big the storm rages. There's absolutely nothing to fear. Why? Because we're in Him and He's our sustainer. He is our hope. He is our everything. The second thing that we can learn from these scriptures is this. The good news carries with it the possibility of great joy. So though people hear of this this good news year in and year out because as, as much as you try to get away from it, it's always present, right? Everywhere you go, you can see a manger scene or uh, music on the radio even alludes to it. Uh, there's specials that'll be coming out uh, that will talk about it or make mention of it, whether that's the driving force or not. We just, we can't get away from it, the reality of the good news. The good news of who Jesus Christ is. And so with that, it carries that possibility of joy that our soul can be completely satisfied no matter what the world throws at us, no matter what we go through. But the reality is, though our soul can be satisfied with great joy, not everyone experiences or tastes or has this great joy. So I think one of the amazing opportunities for us as the church, as those who have tasted of this great joy, is, man, don't, don't, don't you want more people to have that? I mean, think about the world we live in, how crazy, everybody's anxious and crazy and it's just, it's nuts out there and, and everybody's on edge and, and nobody just seems to be happy and cont- or joyful and content or even happy really hardly ever. And for us as the church, as the bride of Christ, the redeemed, we should be happy and joyful. And, and the truth is we, we should be sharing that. We should be making that known not in a boisterous way about us, but in the reality of who Jesus Christ is. It's just like, like the angel shows up saying, hey, I've got some good news, man. You, you may seem like some lowly dudes out here in the field watching these sheep, but I've got to tell you something. And that's the same thing we can do. That's the same thing we can do. And the thing I love about this season is that, is that hearts are a little bit more receptive. Guards are a little bit more down. So people will at least tolerate for a moment and I think it was, already, it was already said here this morning already that, that that's, that's how we get the attention of the world. How? Whenever, whenever all hell breaks loose, man, we're the crazies that are cool with it. We're not cool with what's happening, but we're cool and content and whatever it is that's coming and happening. Well, because we, we know who holds, who holds the world in his palm. We know who has the power to just speak and it happens. We know who the Lord is. So, man, we have opportunity to share that, to proclaim that, to make that known, and to invite people to step into that through faith. And then the last thing I think we can take away from this is this, is that he is born the Savior, Christ the Lord. And, man, the implications with that church, that's, that's what changes absolutely everything, that he is the Savior, that he is Christ the Lord, Jesus as a tiny baby is born as the Savior, the Redeemer, the Rescuer. And the reason why someone needs saving is because they're lost. I was watching a TV show, show this week, and on the TV show is a, a guy who was kind of out taking a hike with some, with some kids, and as he's out hiking with the kids, they get lost. I mean, the, and again, it's, it's a, a fictional TV show, but man, I, I can just put myself in that position, and just I can remember... Growing up in West Virginia, there were times like in the woods where you just kind of, like, ah, it all looks the same, left or right. And we, I didn't like, we didn't have any of those like fancy things that like, compasses. They're not fancy. They're just a little thing with the thing. But anyways, like, just kind of figure it out. Let's just walk this way for a little while and walk this way. And that's not a good thing to do when you get lost. Just try to figure it out. You just need to stop for a moment, 
compose yourself. Try to get your bearings because panic, what happens when panic sets in? It makes it even worse, right? We, we react in ways that we shouldn't. We do things that we shouldn't do. We, we, we kind of get, it, it, it's got to be this way. Come on, let's go this way. So we just go this way and then we get over there. We're like, no, no, this looks right. Oh man, which way did I just come from? And so we're disoriented. We don't know what to do. And it's, it's, it's like, that's, that's the predicament of the world. And so Jesus comes to save what's lost, to save what can't save and rest. They're, they're wandering in the woods. They have no idea where to go. Everything looks the same. Everything's not, not what they thought. There's, it's, just, it's, just, it's, a, it's a mess out there. And so he comes to save and redeem. And, and then, that, then this little last part here of Christ is the Lord. It, it tells who, who he is. He's God in the flesh. God in the flesh. He is our only hope. So not anyone can do this. Not anyone, only Christ the Lord. And so may we fight for and guard the true reason for Christmas. May we see and savor Jesus as Christ the Lord. And may that reality give birth of great joy that only comes in the soul that is made right with God. So I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what's happening in you. I don't know uh, what's stirring, but may this season for you be a joyful season, a joyous season. And the reason why it can be joyous regardless of what's been taken, regardless of what's been robbed, regardless of what's, uh, the storm that you're facing, the reason why it can be joyful is because you have Jesus. And so if you don't have Jesus, man, I'd love to talk with you more about what that looks like, what that means. But don't miss this season. Don't miss this day that the Lord has made and has put us in the middle of this story to be reminded of where true joy comes from. So when you lay your head down tonight, Is it well? Is it truly well with your soul? Is there a contentment that can't be taken from you regardless of what the day is thrown or is about to throw at you? Father, help us in this moment to hear from you. God, I pray you do a work in this place. If there be a heart that don't know you as Lord, would you invite that heart, that soul into faith? God, thank you for this reminder of the good news. Thank you so much for this reminder of this invite that you are the Savior, that you've come to rescue and redeem. We need you. May we have joy that this world sees that opens up a door for us to be able to share. Shall we pray?